Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Today we're going to hopefully conclude the series of teachings that I have been giving you since a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to do, hopefully, the final part, or rather the final part, Michael will minister it next week, although he spent a lot of time saying what he will be saying next week, this morning. One of the great gifts that God has given to the body of Christ outside of Himself and eternal life is shepherds according to his own heart. Jeremiah 3.15 states, God speaking to his people, and he says to them, I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding is key to prospering in every sphere of life. He didn't say, I'm going to give you shepherds that will feed you with condemnation and guilt. I'll give you shepherds that will fill you with hype and excitement. He said, they're going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen? That is a gift from God to the people of God. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 tells us, that God's people perish as a result of a lack of knowledge. Did he say that? My people, he said, perish because of a lack of knowledge. Now, if we reverse that and quote that scripture in reverse would be done this way. My people are established because of knowledge. And then he goes on to say, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest unto me. Now reverse that. Because you have embraced knowledge, I will embrace you and will honor you as a priest unto me. Do you see the difference that knowledge makes? And last week we have discussed one of the one of the dilemmas that I had and many in the body of Christ have, and that is why not all giving produces results. Why does it work for some people and for others it doesn't work? Though they give, they do not see the maximum results of their giving or the harvest of the giving. And we discovered that the reason why for some works and others it does not work is because for those that giving works and sowing works is because they do so with knowledge, with faith, and purpose. They study the subject in depth. They research the subject of giving and financial prosperity. And they go into it in depth and study what God has to say about the matter. And because of their research 
And because of the diligent study of the Word of God on that particular subject, faith and knowledge fills their heart. Knowledge comes, or rather faith, comes from knowledge. You cannot, and I cannot believe God beyond the level of knowledge. You cannot believe God for something you do not know He has promised you. So your faith will only work within the perimeter of your knowledge. The more you know, the more you will be able to exercise your faith in regards to that particular area. Amen? So we don't just sow financial seed and give money to men, but we also sow the seed, the incorruptible seed of God's Word into the soil of our hearts where faith comes from, and then we give money to men, but we also give faith to God. Nothing works without faith. In the kingdom of God, nothing moves without faith. Just because God promised you something, that promise will not materialize in your life just because God said it. And that's where many of us really make a mistake and they falter. You're going to have to mix faith with what God promised you, and then it will work. Hebrews tells us that. For we have heard the gospel just as the nation of Israel have heard the gospel. But it did not profit them because they did not mix with faith what they heard. You've got to mix faith with what God promises you, or else it will not work. So if it doesn't work for you, if you're not seeing the results of your giving or the harvest of your giving that God promised you, then you know what you need to do. Don't study healing if you need finances. Don't study divine guidance if you need finances. Go to the place where God speaks about financial prosperity. The Bible says that Jesus became poor. For what purpose? The only time that Jesus became poor was when he hung on the cross. Jesus was not poor like some religious traditions wants us to believe by those who have taken a vow of poverty. How can a poor man take five loaves and two fish and feed thousands of people? Poor men don't have treasurers. Jesus had a treasurer, and he stole from the treasury too. And the rest of the disciples did not even know about it. So there was enough money in that treasury for Judas to steal some of it. Amen? How do you take care of 12 men? And most of them had families, and they left their families to follow Jesus. Who do you think supported those men? Jesus' ministry that was supported by the people that he ministered to. Hello? The only time he became poor was when he hung on the cross. The Bible says so that we could become rich. And he's not talking about spiritual riches. He's talking about financial riches. We need to renew our minds with the knowledge of God's Word concerning the subject if our giving is to work in that area. 
And that's what we've been talking about in the last two weeks. I have given you my own personal testimonies, how I began when I got born again, step by step, little by little, a little here, a little there, precept upon precept, line upon line. I began to build that word into my heart. And I did not just give money to men or to God's work, but I gave faith to God. And God honors faith. I'm going to say it again. God honors faith. He will bypass a million people and will come to you just because you believe His Word and act upon it. Amen? The foundational scriptures that we read, and we're going to look at them once again, are taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through to 12. Can you put them up on the board, please? But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You see, your heart determines how you give, how much you give, but a heart that is educated by the Word of God. Not a heart that is void of God's uh, scriptural principles, but a heart that is educated and a mind that is renewed by the Scriptures, by the Word of God both Old and New Testaments. And God is able. All of us believe that, don't we? God is able to do what? To make all grace abound toward you, regardless of who you are, whether you are an employee in the company, whether you are a CEO of a company, whether you own your own business. This verse of Scripture belongs to those who put into practice God's principles for prosperity. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. I said to you last week, I really get tired, especially of leaders and pastors, when I meet and converse with them, and they always talk about the lack of money. We want to do this, but we don't have the money. We want to do this, but we don't have the money. We want to do this, but we think about the cost and the expense and this and that. You know, when God calls you into his kingdom to do his work, he gives you an unlimited supply to do whatever he calls you to do. There will never be any shortage for those who carefully pray and seek God's face and follow the direction of His Spirit. Amen? The Lord will always provide where He guides. Now, that's another thing. If you dream up your own dreams and you have some kind of insecurities and you want to boost up your own image and the image of your ministry and you dream up about things that God never said anything about, 
then you're surely walking on a very dangerous path. Why would God finance your own ambitions and your own dreams? God will only finance what He starts. If God started it, He will finish it. Amen. And in your own personal life, you make sure that you seek the guidance of the Lord in relation to your financial situation. Don't make foolish decisions. Don't make decisions out of impatience and out of natural circumstances that surround you. Always pray and seek the Lord's face for every decision. Amen? You want to buy something? Pray about it. Amen? You don't have the money? Pray about it. If God releases you to go borrow, fine. If God says to you, I want you to do it my way, which I have had him tell me that many times, then I told you two weeks ago what I do. When I have a need, I sow a seed after I prayed about it. Amen? I don't know, but it always worked for me. I have had no problem from buying little things to big things and paying cash for it. That's God's best. Amen? God has a system of economics, and the world has a system of economics. They function on two different principles. And the purpose of this study is to help you understand God's economy and how God does it so that you can get onto the same platform and it will work for you just like it works for God. Hello? God's economy functions on supply and demand, buying and selling goods and services, borrowing and paying back. That's how the world's economy functions. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it for you to operate those principles. And all of us have done so and continue to do so, especially when you're learning God's ways. But God's economy is founded upon God's principles. And those principles are recorded in His Word. One of those principles is found in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. I know we haven't finished the foundational scriptures, but you can read them for yourself. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go by my notes too much. I'm going to go by the unction, how the unction leads me to minister to you today. While the earth remains... God said to Noah and promised him, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, gold, uh, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. God's economy functions and operates on seed time and harvest time. That's, that's the kingdom of God. It also functions, according to Luke's gospel, chapter 6, verse 38, on giving and receiving. On giving and receiving. Jesus said in Luke's gospel, chapter 6, verse 38, give 
and it shall be given back to you. How much? Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Does that speak of abundance? There's no lack in that. It's a running over measure. Running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you again. That's God's principles, and His economy functions on His principles. They always work. If you put them to work, they will work for you. They will work for me. They will work for whosoever. Amen? Amen? Now, our capacity to receive is also measured by our faith. Some of us have a 30-fold faith. Others have a 60. Others have a 100%. Amen? Jesus said so. He told us that the kingdom of God in Mark's gospel, chapter 4, verse 26 through to 29. Here is another principle. Here is how the economy of the kingdom works. And it works spiritually, it works financially, it works in every area. Jesus said in Mark 4, 26, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. You do not have to understand how it works. All you need to do is believe that it does work. You go to sleep, you rise, but your seed in the ground grows and it sprouts. And then he said, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the full crane in the head. But when the grape when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he talks about a 30-fold harvest, 60-fold, and 100-fold in return. God's kingdom is very different from the world's kingdom. In God's kingdom, you live through dying. It is in dying that we live. It is in giving that we receive. It is in forgiving others that we are forgiven. Jesus was the grain of wheat that fell into the ground and died. The Bible said so in John 12. But he didn't stay in the grave. He rose from the grave, and through his resurrection, he brought how? Many sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if you're willing to lose your life for my sake and the gospel, you'll do what? You'll find it again. Did he say that? But if you seek to keep your life and hold on to it, you're going to eventually lose it. The same thing is with the seed time and harvest time. When you sow your seed through the prescribed pattern of God's giving, you lose it. You're dead to it. It's gone. Hello? <laughs> Some of us say, man, you know what I could do with this time? 
I could do a whole lot of things. You know what I could do with my first fruits? That, that is the logic. That is the natural mind. Hello? But the measure of seed you sow will be the measure of harvest that you receive. You're sowing not just for now. You're sowing for your future and the future of your children and grandchildren. I am blessed to tell you and honored, all glory goes to God, that I am sowing today into my grandchildren's uh, um, life. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. That's God's way of doing things. Amen? I was blessed to receive an inheritance, a natural inheritance, both from my natural parents and my in-laws. Why? Because in our culture, it is built into our culture. In the Greek culture, the parents make every effort to have something to give to the children when they get married. Hello? It's unheard of that a Greek father and mother would demand that they pay them back for the education of their children. Hello? Some of the other cultures, they say, you've got to, got to pay my parents back. I'm not saying that's wrong, but in our culture, it's, it's very foreign. It's embarrassing. You are supposed... The Bible says the children are not supposed to lay up for the parents, but the parents are supposed to lay up for the children. Hello? Now, in God's financial system and economy, God will help you to make provision for all of these areas. Hello? Amen. Amen. When we follow God's pattern, everybody is taken care of. There is a threefold pattern of giving, and Michael will go in depth next Sunday. So don't, mix, don't miss next Sunday. He's going to share with you the threefold pattern of giving as Scripture teaches. First fruits, not tithes first. First fruits first. Tithes, offerings. In that pattern of giving, everybody's taken care of. God's ministers of the gospel are taken care of. Spiritual fatherhood is being honored. The widow, the orphan, the poor, including yourself, are taken care of. And including an inheritance for your children. And that's, that's the way I have learned to structure my giving. Hello? Some of you are looking at me. I am sharing with you things that I practice. I never teach something I do not practice. Amen? In time, as you study the Scriptures, as you go into the Word for yourself and acquire the knowledge that will produce the faith, amen? by which all principles of God work, you get so established in the Word that it becomes second nature to you. You don't even stop and pray and think, am I going to, am I going to 
honor the Lord this month or am I going to skip? No, you, you, you don't think that way. A renewed mind doesn't think that way. Because you've taken the time to study diligently the Word of God, not only to fill your heart with knowledge and faith, but to renew your mind according to the way God thinks. So you get established in the Word, and the Bible says your heart is fixed. You know what a, heart, a fixed heart is? You cannot move a fixed heart, an established heart. No matter how much you push, no matter what the circumstances tell you, no matter what the financial situation tells you, no matter what the gurus of this world tell you, they cannot move a fixed heart that is established in God's Word. That heart does not fear what may come upon the world because he's not in the kingdom of the world, he's in the kingdom of God. So let everything be shaken. He removes, he remains steady, established, and fixed. Winter and summer, cold and heat, day and night. That's a person who has established himself in God's principles. So when it's time to honor the Lord, to him it comes as second nature. And he rejoices in this ministry of giving. Did you know that giving is a ministry? Hello? Just like prayer is a ministry. Just like preaching and teaching is a ministry. Just like mercy is a ministry. Just like prophesying is a ministry. The Bible lists the ministry of giving in Romans chapter 12. Hello? All of us are called to give... But there are some who are specially anointed in the ministry of giving. Hello? So it becomes, you do it with joy, you do it with gladness, you do it with thanksgiving. It's like you're going to the bank and making a huge deposit. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Verse 1 and 2 and verse 6. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 and verse 6. And I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. A renewed mind does not think doubt, does not think failure. A renewed mind is steady on the Word of God. I have sown my seed... And by faith, I'm expecting my harvest. My seed will grow, will sprout, and will produce according to the Word of God. My confession is as such, I do not waver, I do not grumble, I do not complain. I remain steadfast in my giving, steadfast in my confession, and steadfast in the way I think. Single-minded. It's not like, oh, well... Pastor, I tried that, but it didn't work for me. You don't try these things. You live by them. You make a quality decision from where there is no return. And you live by these principles. And you live by faith. Your job is not your source. God is your source. And we've got to renew our minds with that kind of thinking. You lose your job, God has a better one for you around the corner. Amen? 
Don't look at your job as your source. God Almighty is your source. He is the one who makes your seed grow, multiply, and sends you back a rich harvest. And God has many ways of returning to you that which you have sown. Look what the Scriptures that I've just mentioned to you. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, yes, even divide it to eight, for you know not what evil may come upon the earth. In the morning, sow your seed, and in the evening, withhold not your hands, for you know not which shall prosper, whether this or that, or whether both alike will be good. What do you do when you practice God's threefold pattern of giving. You're casting your bread upon the waters. It's gone. Bye. Dead. You take the seed, you put it into the ground, it's dead. It's gone. You don't own it anymore. You don't control it anymore. You don't dictate to it anymore. It's in the ground. It's in God's hands. You believe that. Now, through faith, your faith, which is released through your giving, listen to me, in time you create a multiple stream of income. A multiple stream of income. When you cast your, your bread upon the waters, there will be a harvest on every wave that comes in. It says it will come back to you after many days. So there is a wave after wave after wave that comes back to you. And in time, now the, as I say to you, this is not a magic formula, okay? It's a way of life. This is the way God intends for us to live, every single one of us. There is a harvest that comes back to you on every wave. Well, you may ask, <laughs> Pastor, it's easy for you to speak that way, but, you know, I'm just an ordinary employee. How can I create a multiple stream of income? With men, this is impossible. We're not talking about man-made things here. We are operating on God's economy and on God's principles. With God, nothing is impossible. All things are possible. And all things are possible to him who believes. Well, how does God do that? How can, how can you create a multiple stream of income? You're just an ordinary worker. You're just an employee. How does that happen? Well, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, and I'll tell you how God does it. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. Once you get the revelation of this teaching that I'm giving you, your entire way of life will be transformed. Your mind will be renewed. 
You may not and you will not see immediate results. But if you stay the course, key, you see, faithfulness is the key. That's the key to every blessing from God, faithfulness. Day in and day out, you've read the Scriptures. Sow your seed in the morning. Don't give up in the evening. Continue to sow. Give a portion to seven and to eight. God, that, that is through the threefold pattern of giving. The, the way that Michael will explain it to you next week is that when you give according to God, number one, God's ministers are taken care of. Number two, spiritual fatherhood is being honored. Number three, the widow, the orphan, the poor are taken care of, including an inheritance for your children. And I've counted those, the, the, the classes of people that are being benefited, seven. Seven is the perfect number. You, your spiritual father, ministers of the gospel, the widow, the orphan, the poor, who else? And then inheritance. <laughs> Amen? He says, the reason, he says, you are to give to seven to eight because you do not know which one is going to prosper. <laughs> well, God knows. And if you're directed in those areas, God will see to it that you do not fail to receive your harvest. Look at Deuteronomy 8.18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who does what? Gives you the power, gives you the ability, gives you the wisdom to do what? To get wealth. For what purpose? So that you, we can consume it on our lusts? No. So that His church is being taken care of. All of the people are being taken care of. Amen? And as a result, God receives thanks and praise and glory. I believe when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom on the earth, this is the way he's going to tax. There will be taxes, of course. Amen? This is the way how he's going to govern his kingdom on the earth. Not 35 and 38, 40% tax. Oh, yeah, another area that gets benefited is the taxmen, Michael. The taxmen give unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Even eight. Even eight. <laughs> yeah, we don't forget that. So the Bible says, it is the Lord. Don't forget that. Remember that. It is the Lord your God who gives you the power to get wealth. For what purpose? that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. One of the ways that God does that is by giving us the wisdom that is required to do what? To wisely manage and steward our finances. Many believers don't know how to do that. They don't even know how to balance a checkbook. That's terrible. Many are in debt, and all they do is furnish debts. It's all right when you start like that, but when you remain like that after years, then there's something wrong. You do not have the wisdom to manage. And why would God give you more if you cannot manage the little that you do have? Hello? 
So one of the ways, you know, God can take five, five rand and make a million rand in time. He knows where to invest. Remember, he's a Jew. <laughs> he gives you the wisdom to manage and steward wisely your finances. That's one of the ways. Another way is through the impartation of creative ideas. He will give you ideas on how and where to invest. Ideas of creativity and even ideas of inventions. You've heard of how people got a creative idea, they brought out an invention, and they made millions out of it. Who do you think gave them that? The devil? No, God. Uh, well, and some of them have misused and abused God's gifts. All creative ideas come from God. Amen? That's how God does it. He will give you wisdom and ideas where to invest, how to invest. He will show you. I mean, 15 years ago, 2000, 2001, I don't remember exactly, my wife and I, we had this impression that we should start investing in property, and so we did. What a wise decision that proved to be. I encouraged the sons, spiritual sons that I was mentoring at that time. I remember all of them were living in rented homes, and I said, guys, come on, enough paying other people their mortgages. It's time you step out. Remember, Dion? Remember, Aubrey? Buy your own house. Why do you want to pay somebody else's mortgage? Where did that impression come from? Where did that idea come from? And it was at the right time as well. Amen? That's how God does it. He can do it for you. He will do it for anyone. And finally, it's important that you have a vision for your money. You direct it rather than your money directing you or your needs directing you. When you have a vision, you will have the provision because God provides for those who have a vision. That's what provision is. You don't have a vision. Why would God give you and create for you wealth if you do not know where that wealth is going to go, if you're just going to squander it? So it's important that you draw up a vision for your finances. You tell it where to go. Amen? God will release an abundance of financial resources to those who have a specific assignment for their money. Amen? And that's what Michael is going to be talking to you about next week. He's going to give you a scriptural, godly vision where to channel your finances in your area of giving. Don't miss next week. Amen? God will do for you what He said He will do for you. I'm a living testimony of that. And I thank God for it. And I give Him all the glory for it. When we came to Cape Town, we came with three young children. 
Stephen was eight years of age. The oldest one was, what, 15, 16. You know what my salary was? Three and a half thousand rand a month. I didn't have any debts, though. Hello? Here is a good plan or a vision. Target your debt. Target, when God brings in the harvest, target your debt. Amen? Attack it. Have a plan. Instead of paying your house in 25 and 30 years, why not pay it off in 10, 15 years? By just making a little adjustment. Yes, it can be done. It's been proven. Are you here? Just putting a little bit extra on your, on your bond would make a huge difference. By paying your bond at a certain time, it makes a huge difference. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, I've given you lots of seed and lots of food for thought. What you do with it, as Michael said, Joshua 1 verse 8, you make your way prosperous and you will have good success. How? When you take that word and you meditate in it day and night, you renew your mind, you fill your heart with faith and knowledge, amen, and you put it into practice so that you may be able to do according to all that is written therein. And God will bless you. And so we, we came 25 years ago, and I worked, both my wife and I, she's very good with bookkeeping, by the way. She keeps all the books, and it's in order. She knows where every cent goes <laughs> and where it goes and, and so on and so forth. So we, we, by the wisdom of God, even though we had little, God imparted to us wisdom and knowledge how to steward the, the funds that we did have. And over years it grew. I married three children, and it costs a lot of money. I helped my children buy their own property. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm, I'm sharing my testimony, giving glory to God. How can you do that from a salary? It's impossible. Hello? You do it through the grace of God. And in conclusion, I want to say this to you. This is one of my favorite verses of Scripture that I stood on for years. And God is able. Can you, say, can you stand up and say that with me, please? And God is able to make all grace abound toward me so that I always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. That is God's purpose. So that you may have an abundance and be self-sufficient and also to support every good work on the earth. Isn't that wonderful? Let's give thanks to the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for your incorruptible seed the seed of the Word of God, that when it is planted into the soil of our hearts and it is looked after and it is watered and it is taken care of, your Word declares that it will produce a harvest of blessing. 
whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's wisdom, whether it's divine direction. We thank you for your precious word. You sent your word, Lord, and healed us and delivered us from our destruction. We magnify your word today. We give thanks to you for your word today. And Father, we pray, and this is our desire, that we may not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. For those, your word says, will be blessed in their deed. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.